Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I'm Olivia. And I'm Chris. And today we will be discussing Sansa, chapter 5 in A Game of Thrones, so make sure you have read the chapter before listening. Alright, the news that we have today is about uh, the tenant household, which if you don't know, um, there's three members in the tenant household in succession of each other. Um, there's... Uh, the most famous famous tenant, uh, Peter Davison, um, who is the British actor that plays, uh, well, no, so there's David Tennant, who is known uh, for playing Doctor Who, and then there's Peter Davison, which is his father-in-law, who trolls him, um, and now David Tennant's son, Ty Tennant, actually plays uh, young Aegon in House of the Dragon. So... Um, I guess they're trolling each other uh, at Comic Cons and stuff like that. Um, it's just kind of a funny tidbit. Uh, one of the we really like uh, David Tennant. Mm-hmm. We were watching him in a, a show that we just saw um, called what was that show called? Yeah, it's on HBO, right? Hulu. No, it was on Netflix. Oh, <laughs> good try. Uh, Inside it's one Man. Of them. Inside Man. Yeah, and, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, he was really good in that. And we're not big Doctor Who fans, but. Um, yeah, it's just kind of funny. There's pictures of him going to Comic-Cons and trolling him. Whovians don't come for us. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> We're just not, not fans of it. I don't mm. know. Sorry. Maybe someday. So how are they trolling each other? Um, yeah, he's trolling each, sorry, trolling each other by basically holding up signs behind the other person while they're taking pictures saying he's not that special or... <laughs> Um, this picture yeah. is so funny. Yeah, the picture of, of David Tennant doing it to his son is is pretty funny because, yeah, it looks like a father just trolling his son and Ty Tennant does, look, does not look amused at all. I will post this link on uh, Facebook so you guys can see it too, but yeah. So continuing on with George R. R. Martin's Targaryen uh, facts. So this one says, Alysanne's marriage to her brother Jaehaerys the first was one of the great Targaryen love stories. They eloped on their dragons when they learned of the council's plans to marry her to a Baratheon lord. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. The review from last episode is uh, Tyrion meets with his father at the inn, which is the same inn that he was captured by, uh, by um, Catelyn Stark. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and he brings the Mountain Clansmen with him to meet with his father. Tyrion and Tywin discuss war plans and then learn that Rob's army is marching towards them. Uh, Tywin then promises the Clansmen a rich reward for joining them in the fight against the armies of the North. And Tyrion was not very happy about the way that he wants him to be on the front lines, basically. Uh, the summary in this episode is Joffrey is holding his first court session as king... Quotations. There are new appointments to new positions made, and the Sansa, and then Sansa asks for mercy for her father. Let's see how that goes. Yep. All right. What wine are we drinking today, Chris? Cupcake. Cupcake. It's Moscato. Nothing special. It's doesn't one of a, our go-tos. I feel doesn't have a cork though, but it does uh... pour very well. <laughs> All right. While he's pouring that, I will read our twenty-eighth wine rule, which is Appalachians are about much more than where wine is made. So for those who don't know, I definitely didn't know this before reading this. Appalachians are specific areas where wine and grapes are grown. So only a wine from grapes grown inside an Appalachian can use the Appalachian's name on their label. 
Some wines are labeled with locations, such as Bordeaux, that don't necessarily describe a single place. It could come from grapes grown in one place or multiple. So like European wines, appellations can dictate how a wine is made. American appellations specifically specify ge- geography, but nothing else. So That was a mouthful. Yeah. Not to get a mouthful of the wine there. It's take a sweet. sip of my wine, and then we can dive in to this episode. All right. So, as Chris said, we are at the first court session of Joffrey's reign as king. Sansa, boo. boo. <laughs> Sansa notes that the throne room has been stripped bare of any trace of King Robert. His hunting tapestries that he had loved had been taken down and stacked in an untidy corner. Um, Sansa has been given her freedom of the castle, so she's no longer quarantined to that one room where she um, shared it with Jane Poole. Because she wrote that letter. Yes. Yeah. It was a reward from Cersei for being good. Mm-hmm. However, she was still escorted everywhere she went, so not much freedom there. You're free to go, but you can never leave. But Cersei called this honor guards for her daughter to be. Right. Right. And Sansa also noted that freedom of the castle meant that she could go wherever she wanted within the Red Keep. In the castle. As long as she promised not to go beyond the walls. Freedom of the castle. Yep. Is just the castle. Yep. Even if she wanted to go beyond the walls, she couldn't because they were watched day and night by the Gold Cloaks and Lannister House Guards. Also, another question to beg is where would she go? Sounds a little bit like a prison. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, Just, you know... A nice prison. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. So, at Joffrey's court session, she saw a line of Lannister house guards beneath the western windows, a line of city watchmen beneath the east windows, and she did not see any small folk or commoners. There were about 20 lords milling about. And I remember... um, Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it in a second. But So Sansa slipped in among them and worked her way towards the front. She recognized most of the 20 lords that were there, but none of them seemed to recognize her. Or were they pretending not to? And she also wondered where the rest had gone, because I remember in the book, when King Robert would have these court sessions, there would be like hundreds of lords in the in the uh, throne room while this was happening. So. It's almost like they are a little scared. Yeah. Like maybe there's some, you know, people that were kind of loyal to... Ned. Mm-hmm. They were like, I don't really agree with what's going on. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna duck out. Right, right. And um, the other ones just act like they don't even see her. Yeah, I don't even know who you are. Grandmaster Pycelle was seated at the council table while Lord Varys hurried into the hall, and a moment lo- later, Lord Baelish entered, chatting with Sir Balon and Sir Dantos. Sir. A- yeah. A herald then announced Joffrey and Cersei's arrival. All hail his grace, Joffrey of the House Baratheon and Lannister, the first of his name, King of the Andals, the Roinar, and the First Men, and Lord of the Seven Kingdoms. All hail his lady mother, Cersei of House Lannister, Queen Regent, Light of the West, and Protector of the Realm. Light of the West. Now, I wanted to point something out in his in Joffrey's announcement. They said House Baratheon and Lannister, which is very weird because, like, when you heard... Like, let's say King mm. Robert, you didn't mm. hear his of House Baratheon and his, his mother's house. Right, right, right. So why why are we doing this now, folks? <laughs> well, 
I mean, we know. The Lannisters are power hungry. Well, that and yeah. Anyways, they can't. You can't forget the Lannisters. Yeah. Because, and then I think he's wearing a lion. If I'm not mistaken. I don't know. It, it did not specify in the book, no. but maybe in the show that in was the it. show he was wearing a lion, and that was like, huh. So. Oh no! L- earlier on in the book, he was wearing a lion when oh, he was sparring. That's what it was. And they were like, "Well, why aren't you a Baratheon? Right. You're not. You're Baratheon first. That's your father. Mm-hmm. Right? Or is it? No, yeah, exactly." So Sir Barristan Selmy led them in. Sir Eris Okar escorted Cersei, and Sir Boros Blount walked besides Joffrey. After the announcement, Joffrey took his seat on the Iron Throne, and Cersei sat with the council. He wore a shimmering cloth of gold cape, a, sh- a shimmering yeah, a shimmering cloth of gold cape with a high collar and a golden crown that had rubies and black diamonds in it. After taking his seat. Okay, I also wanted to ask, this is not the same crown that Robert wore, right? What was it? Say it again. It's a golden crown that had rubies and black diamonds in it. No, Robert's crown... Was the Baratheon one. Was, it had, like, the antlers. It looked like antlers. Yeah. So would this be a Lannister crown? I don't know. I, I, I don't know, because there's no Lannister has ever been king. So how can you say but it's a like, Lannister crown? But you know what I'm like saying? the Baratheons would wear it at Storm's End. The they Lannisters, don't wear w- they're uh-huh. just lords. That's true. They shouldn't be wearing crowns. I'm Only just wondering kings. why there's a difference in. Um, well, that's Cersei's. Why there's a difference in crowns? You know, wouldn't there be just one? His is antlers there. Oh. Okay, so that show. one. And then I wanted to see Roberts as well. Roberts was the same. Roberts was the same. Was it? Yep. Okay. They were the same. Well, similar. His looks more like moose antlers, and his looks more like deer antlers. But it is (laughs) antler-esque. Antler-esque. There's antlers involved. Right. It's just not a... I would say Roberts doesn't look more like a uh, stag. Yeah. More like a moose. And his does look... Joffrey's does look like a stag or a deer. Yeah. Antler. All right. Anyways. But I, just... I do agree. Your point, yes, that does not sound like the crown that Robert was wearing yeah. before. Yeah. His were antlers in the book. Yeah. So after taking his seat, Joffrey announced, it is a king's duty to punish the disloyal and reward those who are true. Grandmaster Pycelle, I command you to read my decrees. Mm. So I'm just going to warn you guys, there's going to be a lot of reading from the book because there's no way to like... They're decrees. I mean... Yeah. yeah. There's no way to like summarize that. It, it is what it is. So we're just going to read... These are from the words of the king. Yes. So Pycelle stood up and took out a rolled up piece of parchment from his sleeve and began to read a long list of names. He commanded them to present themselves and swear fealty to Joffrey. If they refused, they would be traitors and their lands and titles would be forfeit to the throne. Uh, side note, Olivia, uh, you made a comment earlier about why there weren't as many people in court. I think that was our answer right there. What? Well. They didn't want to swear fealty? Exactly. Yeah. That's so true. they're gone. Because they probably knew what was going to be happening. Exactly. I'm not there to swear fealty. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. So there's your answer. Good point. I like that. So, here are the names that were listed in the book, and this is some among many. So, the ones that were listed, 
Lord Stannis Baratheon and his wife and daughter. Not there. Lord Renly Baratheon. Not there. Both Lord Rice's, Royce's and their sons. Not there. We know where they are. Sir Loras Tyrell. Don't yeah, know where he is, I but don't I don't know. think he was there. Lord Mace Tyrell and his brothers, uncles, and sons. They have not joined the fight, so we don't know where they are. Lord, The Red Priest, Thoros of Mir. Not that. I don't think they're there. Hmm. Lord Beric Dondarrion. Not no. there. Lady Lysa Aaron and her son, Lord Robert. Definitely not there. Lord Hoster Tully. Nope. Fighting them right Sir now. Sir Brendan Tully. Fighting right now. And his sons, Sir Marches, Lord Titos, Blackwood. And then there's Lord Walder Frey and her and his and his heir, Sir Stevron. Oh my gosh, I'm getting... And Carl. He's not there. And Carl Vance. Lord Carl Vance. Which... Carol, from the last episode, so we know damn well where these people are. They're with... They're currently with Robert... And Catelyn. And Catelyn yeah. fighting against them. So he knows by making this decree yeah. they're not there. Lord Jonos Bracken, Lady Shella Went, Doran Martell, Prince of Dorne, and his sons. They are in Dorne right now. I know that. Yeah, uh, and they the Dornish are... Uh, they don't really pledge fealty that well, easily. they're a free city, so why would they? No, they're part of the Seven Kingdoms. They're not a free city. Dorne's not. Dorne is the seventh of the Seven Kingdoms. Dorne is a free city. Dorne is not a free city. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You're thinking... You're thinking... Um, starts with a B. Bravos. Yeah, you're thinking Bravos. I'm thinking Bravos. Thinking Bravos. No, Dorne is supposed to be, but Dorne is the. They've already said that Dorne is like the hardest one to keep. Yeah. Because they really don't like to follow the rules of them, but they are technically the seventh of the seven kingdoms. I, okay. It was the last kingdom that yeah. Aegon conquered. And then at the end of the list was Lady Catelyn Stark, Rob Stark, Brandon Stark, Rickon Stark, and Arya Stark. Good luck with that one. Oh, but not Sansa. Well, Sansa already did. True. Right. So they don't She's the only one that could be there to do that. Right. Right. And Arya is missing. And they're saying her name, which means they... No, she's missing. Mm, yeah. They didn't mention her name to in the letter to Catelyn, remember? And right. Catelyn said it's weird they have they didn't mention Arya at all. That's... But they are aware of Arya. Yeah. Yeah. So after Pycelle finished this list, he rolled it up, placed it in his sleeve, and then pulled out another piece of parchment. He read it aloud and said, In the place of the traitor... Traitor Eddard Stark, it is the wish of his grace that Tywin Lannister, Lord of Casterly Rock and Warden of the West, take up the office of the Hand of the King, to speak with his voice, lead his armies against his enemies, and carry out his royal will. So the king has decreed the small council consents. Of course it does. Yeah. Of course it does. And then we're going to continue on with some more appointments to different positions. So... Continuing on, Pycelle read, In the place of the traitor Stannis Baratheon, it is the wish of his grace and that, that his lady mother, the Queen Regent Cersei Lannister, who has ever been his staunchest support, be seated on the small council, that she may help him rule wisely and with justice. So the king has decreed the small council consents. Right, because she is not the one pulling the strings right now. Yeah, right. Totally no. not. Mm -mm. So now she has a actual role. It is also the wish of his grace that his loyal servant, Janos Slint, commander of the City Watch of King's Landing, be at once raised to the rank of the Lord and granted the ancient seat of Harrenhal, with all its attendant 
lands and incomes and that his sons and grandsons shall hold these honors after him until the end of time. It is moreover his command that Lord Slint be seated immediately upon his small council to assist in the governments of the realm. So the king has decreed the small council consents. Does that sound like a payoff to you? What do you mean? Well, what is he the commander of? The city watch. The city watch that didn't show up to help Ned. Right? Mm-hmm. Bingo. There's your payoff. Mm. Right? Ned, Ned was, had got Littlefinger to get the knights to get the city watch to come help him. But he was already promised something. So they exactly. were a step ahead. So the, the Lannisters had already promised him Hall, and now all of a sudden the Slints get Hall, and all their land, they were given a lordship. Yeah. There's well, your payoff. They said right here, they changed it to Lord Slint. Before they just said Jano Slint. Right. Now it's Lord. So you get, you get a land, lordship. you get like a all, castle. A castle. Well, Harrenhal is in ruins, but. And you get an inheritance for your your heirs. Family to come. Get yeah, Taron Hall. Exactly. All for just giving up Ned, you dirty, dirty, backstabbing bastards. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so at this point, Sir Jano Slint enters at and takes his seat at the small council table. The promotion of Slint, a butcher's son, mind you, mm. to the lordship of Heron Hall, mm. visibly angers many of the knights and lords present. You get you get so paid he's, off. He's literally a nobody and he's he gets a butcher's son, people. but because he was in a seat of power. And could backstab Ned. He gets that. And he backstabbed Ned. That's absolutely insane. Payoff, payoff, payoff. So after he took his seat, Pycelle continued. Lastly, in these times of treason and turmoil with our beloved Robert so lately dead, it is the view of the council that the life and safety of King Joffrey is of paramount importance. At this point, Cersei stood up and asked Sir Barristan Selmy to stand up as well. She asked him to remove his helmet and spoke to him. You have served the realm long and faithfully, good sir, and every man and woman in the Seven Kingdoms owes you thanks. Yet now I fear your service is at an end. It is the wish of the king and the council that you lay down your heavy burden. Oh, wow. Wow. So Salmi was obviously very confused and did not know what to say. Um, Jano Slint stood up and said, Her grace is trying to tell you that you are relieved as Lord Commander of the Kingsguard. I think he got that. Oh, boy. He was confused as to why, because he's... Sell me. Yeah. He's, like, the best. He is. Ned told stories about him to all of his sons, to all of his kids. Yeah. Remember how... You remember how excited Arya was to meet him? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you know what? Bye. Bye. You know why? Because we can't see where your fealties lie. Yeah. So, Salmi was upset and said that the Kingsguard is a sworn brotherhood... And only death may relieve the Lord Commander oh. of his duties. Joffrey then spoke and said, You let my father die. You're too old to protect anybody. Oh, boy. Just smack <laughs> So Sir Barristan reminds them that he was chosen for the White Swords when he was 23 years old. He gave up his ancestral lands. The girl he was to wed married his cousin instead. And he has no lands or sons. His life was given to the realm, and he recounted his history in the King's Guard, protecting and serving three kings. So he literally has nothing to go to after this. All those kings are dead. No, but he I gave know. up. He, he doesn't have anyone to marry. He doesn't have any heirs. He doesn't have any lands. Nothing. Yeah. So Littlefinger pointed out that all of them are dead. Yep, that's right. Um, Cersei announced that his time is done and that Joffrey needs men surrounding him 
who are young and strong. She announces that Sir Jamie Lannister will take his place as Lord Commander of the Swarm Brothers of the White Swords. Just another Lannister in power. This is absolutely insane. Well, it's just a typical dictatorship. <laughs> so this obviously angered Sir Barristan, and he said, The Kingslayer. The false knight who profaned his blade with the blood of the king he had sworn to defend. So, yeah. So, he's not really... Instead of the one... Better. Instead of the one that that is... That's protected three kings, you're gonna do the one that actually legitimately killed the king. That he was supposed to be protected. Exactly. All right, cool, guys. That's cool. Varys chimes in and attempts to claim... uh, To calm the situation by saying... We are not unmindful of your service, good sir. Lord Tywin Lannister has generously agreed to grant you a handsome tract of land north of Lannisport, beside the sea, with gold and men sufficient enough to build you a stout keep and servants to see you your every need. Barristan angri- angrily described this gift, in quotations, as a halt to die in and men to bury him. He undid the clasp that held his cloak and placed it in, in place and threw it on the floor. He proclaimed that he is a knight and he shall die a knight. Then he took off his silver breastplate and let it fall to the floor. All the lords and knights and even the kings and queens laughed at him. Wow. I mean, he has a point, though. He gave his, literally gave his whole life to the realm, and now he's just, bye. Yeah. Just like that. Barrison then drew his sword, and two lords got up to confront him. But he said, there is no need to fear. He threw his sword at the foot of the throne and told him to melt it down and put it on the throne. Before leaving, he suggested that maybe Lord Stannis... Will sit on that throne and take it for take it from Joffrey. Ooh. But with that, he stormed out of the room. Wow, that's some that's some traitorous talk there, according to Mister Joffrey. Treasonous. Yep. One might say. Oh yeah. Joffrey was all was all pissed off after Barristan's words, and he said, "He called me a boy. He talked about my uncle Stannis too." (sighs) That's what you're gonna focus on right now. Yeah. Varys assured him that he was. That this was idle talk, and there was nothing meaningful behind it. But Joffrey thinks that he is plotting with his uncles. He commands that his gold cloak seize Sir Barristan and bring him for questioning. Littlefinger suggests that they resume their meeting. Maybe we shouldn't do that right now. He states that there are only six on his small council, and now they need to find a new sword for the Kingsguard. Cersei informs informs them that Sandor Clegane, Clegane... Or the mountain, the as hound. we know. Oh, sorry. Gregor is the mountain. Sorry. Sandor is the Sandor, hound. Sandor the hound yeah. will take his spot. Joffrey asked Sandor, how do you like that, dog? And Sandor basically said, why not? He was like, I don't have anything else better to do. Yeah, I mean, he's already <laughs> been protecting him, whatever. <clears throat> but he states that he will not say any knight's vows. Oh, well, can't do that then. Yeah. Then the Herald announced that if anyone in the hall has other matters to bring before Joffrey, now is the time. Wow. Sansa. Yep. Little Sansa. Little Dove. Little Dove Little mustered dove. up the courage and stood up and walked toward Joffrey. Your grace, she said softly. Joffrey asked her to come forward with a smile. He said that his smile made or she said that his smile made her feel courageous, beautiful and strong. It was an an insurance to her that he does, in fact, love her. Girl, that is some master manipulation. Mm -hmm. He does not love you. The Herald announced her, Lady Sansa of House Stark, do you have some business for king and council? Sansa says that she does and then says, As it pleases your grace, I ask mercy for my father, Lord Eddard Stark, 
who was the hand of the king. This disappoints the queen and Pycelle, reminds her that Eddard has committed grave and terrible crimes. Varys assures the king and queen that she is just a child and does not know what she is asking. That is so, like... I feel like that's just infantilizing her. Like, she's old enough to understand what she's saying. She knows exactly what she's doing. But I understand also Varys is also kind of trying to save her life a little bit. I guess so. But, like, I just don't like that. Like, she's... She's grown enough to know exactly what she's doing and what she's saying. She does. And I think Varys is doing this to say, like, calm down. She's just a kid. Please don't freak out. Joffrey tells everyone to let her speak because he wants to hear what she has to say. Pycelle interjects and says, treason is a noxious weed. It must be torn up root and stem and seed. Less new traitors sprout from every roadside. Baelish asks if Sansa denies his crimes and she replies, no more lords. I know he must be punished. All I ask is mercy. I know my lord father must regret what he did. He was King Robert's friend and he loved him. You all know he loved him. He never wanted to be hand until the king asked him. They must have lied to him. Lord Renly or Stannis or somebody must have lied to him. Joffrey stated that Eddard said he wasn't king and asked why he said that. Sansa claims that he only said this because he took milk of the poppy for his broken leg. Mm -hmm. And it clouded his mind. Joffrey looked to his mother for help, and she said, If Lord Eddard were were to confess his crime, he would know, we would know, that he has repented his folly, which we know he won't do. He's so honorable. He's so honorable. What crime? What crime? Like, what am I I exactly confessing to? I'm not going to lie, and I will... Go to death for my honor for that. Yeah. She knows that she's saying something impossible. Yeah. Horrible person. Joffrey stood up and asked if Sansa had anything else to say. Sansa spoke. Only that as you love me, you do this kindness, my prince. Joffrey said, your words have moved me. I shall do as you ask. But first, your father has to confess. He has to confess and say that I'm the king or there will be no mercy for him. Sansa assures Joffrey that he will. You're speaking for your father. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. And I don't think Eddard would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our discussion questions, uh, that's the end. Discussion questions that we have is, what does the future hold for Sir Barristan Selmy? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm trying to take a, you know. Like as if you're reading this for the if first If I read time. it for the first time, I have no idea. But if I think it's the la- last time we'll see him, I'm going to say no. Because... He literally said, I gave up my entire life to be in service to the realm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do something to serve the realm. So he's going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely not under Joffrey. So I know he said he wasn't going to take the like the lands and everything. But like, do you think he will? I don't think so. Like, where is he going to go doesn't. Well, then? he doesn't know how to do that. Where is he going to go then? I don't know. He's just going to, like, freeball it? He wants to be in service of the realm, so if he sees it fit... If I were to guess, if I'm just reading it now, that he might go to um, Baratheon. He might go to Stannis. Because mm. he just said, I hope Stannis takes the throne from you. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, well, he might go to Stannis because he might see that Stannis is actually supposed to be the true yeah. heir. So, um, the second... Uh, do you have any more to add? Nope, that was it. Uh, the second question is, how do you think Sandor Clegane will do as the new Sword of the Kingsguard. I think he will I be. think he's unpredictable. Yeah. I, I Very think. much so. 
Yeah, I think that he is a dog in the sense that he will do exactly what he is told. He's a dog. But he will do exactly what he's told too much. Mm. And that is a problem. He won't have restraint. Like, take it a step too far. Right. And you have Joffrey, who clearly is being told what to do and then takes it too far. Yeah. So you have two loaded weapons. Yeah. That are not, you know, no one really has the control over. Right. Not good. Agreed. The last question is, how is it going How is it going to go with Eddard admitting his crimes? And I think I've already covered that. Yeah. I don't think he will. I know what happens, but I know, I don't think that he will. I seriously it. doubt it with his honor. Like that is everything. like Eddard is honor. Like there's no Right. And I think that separating the two. And Cersei definitely knows that, and that's why she said that. And I think she knows that's why she like Asked him, like, said as long as he does this. Right, and she also interjected that before Joffrey had a chance to say anything so that Joffrey couldn't say, okay, I'll show him mercy. Yeah. No, she, yeah, she, she, you know, he couldn't be wooed by Sansa, yeah. right? Yeah, Into saying, okay, like, yeah, we'll send him to the Night's Watch or something, right? So instead, yeah, she said something that she knows damn well he will never do. And she's already said that to Eddard before about his honor and everything, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, our Tyrion tidbit is, turns out, far too much has been written and about great men and not early enough, not nearly enough, about morons. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really giggly today. <laughs> Do you want me to read that over? <laughs> no. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> Thus concludes our episode with Olivia Yes, giggling. it does. All right, that concludes this week's episode. Make sure you follow us on all of our social media. On Facebook, we have a Facebook page called Game of Wines, A Song of Ice and Fire podcast. We also have a Facebook group called Game of Wines podcast group. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Game of Wines 1 and on YouTube at Game of Wines podcast. Why are you waving that in my face? It's time to clink glasses. It's time to clink glasses. That's it for this week's episode. Next episode, we will be discussing at our chapter... 15. So make sure you read before next week. Bye.